Uh, this morning, uh, we're, we're finishing, well, we finished up a series last week called James. Uh, we were in it for about eight weeks, and we had some great stuff that we actually uh, digested from the book of James. And, and today, we're just going to be having a, a one-time hit service, if you will, from a message, really talking about one particular thing that affects all of us. We'll look at tons of scripture, but really the, the headline, if you follow us on social media at all, you've seen it. But if you don't, we're going to be talking about this one word all morning, really anonymous. Uh, uh, for the imagery that you see on the screen, if you don't know what that is about, it's, it, it's not just a mask from a, a play or something. It's, it's part of this international network of activists, or we could call them hacktivists, really is kind of what they call themselves. They're known for cyber attacks on governments. They're known for cyber attacks on other terrorist groups or other businesses and they come in and just call, cause confusion in the whole web, computer, worldwide internet scheme of things. Um, they're nowhere, but they're everywhere. They can't be traced. Again, they're, they're computer technology. These are the who's who of, that could go to any kind of business or any kind of corporation and work, but they've decided to use or parlay their skill set, if I could say it that way, to do something that they really think is needs to happen, and, and uh, some of the things they've done are positive, and a lot of things they've done are, are negative, but uh, I want to use this image, and I want to use this imagery, and I want to use this word that this group has embodied to really bring awareness today, not about anything in particular, or talk about computers, as somebody used to say that when the computer situation first came out and Steve Jobs or even um, the Microsoft Bill Gates and guys got involved with all kinds of things, they would say it's of the devil. Come on, anybody old like they, they used to say the TV was of the devil? Come on, anybody old like that? Uh, we're, we're not saying that at all, but we're just using the imagery to say just as there's one in the natural with this group, anonymous, that they're everywhere, and they cause confusion and can mess with something that affects every single one of us every single day, there is another one in the realm of the Spirit who works the very same way. Who works the very same way. We want to kind of pull the covers back, if you will. We want to pull the screen back. We want to open the door, if you will, for us to see from the Word of God that there is somebody that is actively, aggressively, consistently trying to mess with your life. And if we can identify that person or that, that one, then, then we're going to be armed to be able to uh, uh, do something with the knowledge then that we have. Uh, I'm going to give you a ton of scriptures this morning. Uh, on the front end, then we're going to get to kind of at the back end, three things I think that we need to kind of consider and ask ourselves some real pointed questions uh, so just follow me on the screen. Just look at some scriptures and again, write them down. I hope they'll help you. In 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1, it says this concerning David. Check it out. Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved, it says, David to number Israel. The scripture talks about that God told David, don't count your people. Don't, th th there was other, there's a book called Numbers. So God's not against counting. God's not against accounting. God's not against knowing how many people you got and how many people are coming against you. 
But in this particular instance, God told David specifically, don't count your people. Because really what God was trying to get David to see is that you need to trust me regardless what it looks like. Come on, everybody. You, you need to trust me. And, and so it says here that now Satan, though, check it out. Read these words careful, carefully. Satan stood up against Israel, the nation, and moved David to number. So there was a person, and there is a person called Satan, who worked against and in a nation to try to cause a nation to, and lead a nation to sin. But the way that he was going to lead a nation to sin was he's going to work with a man. God's plan, or excuse me, Satan's plan and his tactics against the nation, against the people, against Christians, against, against everybody. He, listen, he hates Christians and non-Christians. He hates Muslims. He hates Buddhists. He doesn't care what your religion is. He hates people. And he will consistently stand up and he will consistently move against you to do something that God has told you or shown in his word not, not to do. Just a couple different translations says that, that, that Satan stood up and he moved or he incited, he stirred, he provoked, he urged, he persuaded David to do something David knew was against God's will. You and I consistently are up against an enemy who has phenomenal tactics at persuasion and inciting and stirring up and moving against your life, you, you, need, to be, you need to be aware. Job chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Again, we read a scripture like this, and Job is, a, is an old book in the Bible, uh, one, of the, one of the oldest books in the Bible, and, and if not the oldest book in the Bible. And it tells us that there was a day, and, and you read it and you go, uh, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. This is not me and you sons and daughters of God. This is not humankind. The sons of God here are speaking of angels. There came a day when the angels of God, angels of the Son of God came, and they presented themselves before the Lord, and Satan was was there amongst them. It, it was like the imagery is that God's in heaven and there's, and there, let's say it this way, there's the good and there's the evil. And there's a conflict and we know there's a conflict. Daniel prophesied about a conflict in the heavenlies. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 that there's principalities and there's powers and there's angelic hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms right here over Chula Vista in every single city, in every single continent, all over the world. There is a strategic battle being waged trying to win a war to try to sway God's people or, 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 or the unbelieving to stay unbelieving or the believing to get them to be unbelieving and he will use every single tactic there is available. Satan's name means the opponent. His name means the opponent. He is the hater. He is the accuser. He is the adversary. He is the enemy. He is your enemy. He's your enemy. He came, it says, to present themselves as the angels of God, these, these men, these women, uh, the, these, these, these angelic forces, I could say, these, the, the, these, these created beings made in the image and likeness of God come before God, and Satan's there. And Satan's there. And Satan's there and moves against David. And Satan's there. And this opponent's there. And this accuser's there. And, and this one who's against me is there constantly. Listen to me. Every day, all day. Every day, all day. Satan's name, his name reveals his character. 
His name reveals his character. He's the hater. He's the accuser. He's the adversary. He's the enemy. He is directly opposed to God. And since he can't get to God anymore, or never could, but since he can't get to God, he tries to get to people made in the image and the likeness of God, and that's you. That's you. Now what we know about Job, we read it a couple weeks ago when we talked about uh, the, the book of James is that Job was attacked in a vicious way. He was attacked. He, the, the, the devil attacked Job's family. The devil attacked Job's body. The devil attacked Job's finances. That was that, that we could say that was external. That was stuff that we saw. But also the devil attacked Job's mind internal. There will be two attacks that you have to endure. You will have to attack, you will have to endure physical attacks from other people, things that might come against your body, things that come against your family, uh, just attacks of the enemy. But then there's things that nobody sees you going through that are just as vicious that we could say are cyber spiritual attacks. You have to learn how to stand against those. Everything you hear, everything you feel, everything the way it looks like isn't always just the way it is. There is an attack of the enemy behind it trying to get you to move off of the word of God and the stand of God and who Jesus Christ says he is to you. Can I get a little help up in the church today? Yeah, yeah. Matthew 6, verse, well, let's read this. 2 Corinthians, let me give you this one real quick. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says this, for Satan himself transforms himself even into an angel of light. This is the Apostle Paul writing to a church. He says, Satan, Satan himself, here's your opponent, here's your accuser, here's your enemy. He even transforms himself to look like God, to look God-like, to look like it's okay. So listen, if, if, if we do not know, if we do not know what the Word of God says that says this is right, this is wrong, this is black, this is white, this is good, this is evil, our lines are all messed up and jacked up for many people. And so let me encourage you. Biblical ignorance equals demonic advantage. If you are biblically ignorant, wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, if you've just met Jesus here at church a week ago, man, come on, God's going to work with you. I'm telling you what, there's going to be some supernatural grace in your life to get you up and going to realize who you are, what you have, who God is, who your enemy is, that you can still win in life. Can I get an amen up in here? But what's bad is that if we've been around the block a few times, if you know what I mean, and the devil's still whipping us from stuff we should have whipped six years ago. He's transforming himself into an angel of light. He will lie. He'll do things on the outside, external. He'll do things on the internal. He'll try to get you to question, try to get you to move off your stance of faith in who you are and who God is. He transforms himself into an angel of light. we got to know his strategies. we got to know his devices. We can't be ignorant. This is no time to be ignorant. Come on, everybody. Amen? Matthew 6, 13, Jesus says in this Lord's Prayer what we know. Matthew 16, he says, lead us not. Come on, let's read it. Come on, one, two, three, read. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Listen, Jesus, God in the body, God in the flesh, knew there was an evil one. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him. There's not anything that was made that was made. God was in the very beginning with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. He made the one that was called Lucifer post-falling from heaven, being cast out of heaven. His name was Lucifer. One of the great three created angels by God Almighty, Michael and Gabriel and Lucifer. 
It seems from the scripture that Lucifer was in charge of the worship of heaven. He had a high position with God, but he didn't stay there. And he left and he caused a third of the angels to rebel against God and they got cast out of heaven. And now they're on the earth trying to kill and steal and destroy and trying to jack you up because you love God. That, shouldn't, that doesn't cause us to be afraid. That causes us to be aware. Doesn't cause us to be spooked out. It causes us to say, I will not be ignorant. I am in a spiritual battle. This is not normal. This is subnormal. This is abnormal. This is spiritual. This attack is demonic. Come on, somebody. Jesus knew there was an evil one. Jesus knew there was an evil one. Listen, there is nothing good in the devil. There is nothing about evil you need to mess with. Nothing, no, listen, no evil music. Let me say it this way. No dark music, no dark movies, no dark stores, no dark places, no dark people. I'm not talking skin. I'm talking what's going on the inside. You hear me? Stay away from darkness. It's not to be tolerated. It's not to be welcomed. It's not to be ha-ha. It's just something that's okay. No, it's not okay. There's a trap in the darkness. Man, it's a trap in the darkness. That's why every car has lights so you can see at night. That's why even though you go through the valley of the shadow of death, come on somebody, we don't have to fear any evil. God's going to give you light even in the middle of the valley. Revelation chapter 12. Look what it says here. Revelation 12, verse 10 and 11. It says, For the accuser of the brethren, who accused them before God day and night, has been cast down. Come on, somebody. This day's coming. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Can somebody say Amen. Notice what it says, though, the first part of that verse. It says, the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night. Day and night. Listen, day and night. Every day, you got to get up ready to fight. You can't. Listen, listen. Come on. It's like somebody said, ha, ha, ha. You know, you've probably heard the story before. These two dogs, little teeny, let's just call it a little, little teeny chihuahua and, and a big old Doberman pincher. And this guy was watching this Doberman pincher came up and tried to come up on this little, you know, little, little, little guy. And he just went woofing him, barking him. He just drove the Doberman pincher back to his room. And, and the guy said, how can that happen? The Doberman pincher is, is so much bigger than this little dog. And the guy said, the little dog wakes up mad. Come on, you got to get up in the morning mad. Like, 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 not mad at nobody. Mad at devil, you ain't going to win today. Come on, somebody. You ain't going to win today. You better back off. You don't know who you're messing with. He'll try to accuse you. Do you know God will never accuse you? Do you know God will never condemn you? Do you know the Holy Spirit will convict you? Inside, you just go, man, I know. I'm God, I'm, God, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. I know I'm doing something wrong. And, and, and Father, forgive me. Boom. He restores you just like you've never sinned. But the devil's the one saying, see what you did? 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 You ain't right. 
you ain't never coming back. You're always going to be this way. This is a person you're always going to be. They said it. Come on, that's who you are. You have to stand against that accuser day and night. I'm getting tired, pastor. Come on, put on your big boy, big girl pants. You can't get tired. You want to fight. Come on, you want to fight. Come on, you want to fight. Listen, if you go down, go down fighting. Come on, everybody. But we're going to fight. Man. Yeah, come on. Psalm 91. I love Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is written to show us that God's our defense against all attacks, against all demonic attacks. Let me just kind of give you a little bit. You're my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my God. In you I trust. You will deliver me from the snare of the fowler. Evidently, there's a fowler, and he set a snare for you today, right now. Come on, today, August 20th, 2019, he set a snare for you. You going to fall in the snare? <laughs> you better beware of the snare. I shall not be afraid by the terror by night. Oh, so there's going to be some terror that tries to get me at night. Or the arrow that flies by day. We're going to have to duck some arrows. Man, that thought that's coming. I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take that thought. I'm not going to take that arrow. The arrows that fly by day. Pestilence that walks in darkness. Destruction that lays waste at noonday. All these different things David is writing, but under the anointing of God that are coming against you and I every single day, all the time. A thousand fall at my right side, David says, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, everybody. No evil shall befall me or any plague come near my house. Why? I'm going to give my angels charge over you, guard you in all your ways. They're going to bear you up in your hands lest you dash your foot against the stone. Kind of get some help up in the house. That's your position. God's given us angels. God's given us supernatural weaponry. Spiritual, he's given us relational weaponry, people that we can pray with us in the body of Christ. Come on, a small group, serving on a dream team, getting together with God because we have an adversary and you don't do anything solo. We found out. John 8, 44. Jesus says this, the devil is a liar. He's a murderer. There is no truth in him. I was talking to a person this past week, and I said, the easiest thing you can do is whenever you hear something that does not line up with the word of God, you automatically, your stance is, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. You're never going to get healed. That's a lie. That's a lie. God's forsaken you. That's a lie, because I know the scripture. He'll never forsake me. So when I'm hearing that, I'm understanding that's the liar. And I, I immediately, I can identify the accuser, my opponent, my enemy, the one who's been moved, moved against me to move me from my God position. He's a liar. He's a father of lies. Jesus says there is no truth in him. So everything you hear, everything you feel, everything you sense, every circumstance you're around that doesn't line up with the word and the will of God is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. But again, you have to know the truth. So that truth will set you free and keep you free. And you have to keep coming back to the truth. Because I don't know about you, in the battle sometimes, I forget the truth. Because there's gun firing, if you will, spiritually. The noise is everywhere. I mean, like, come on, some of y'all that work up and up off a of 15 or uh, you, you see the F-18s and all these jets that get up their Miramar, and, and the noise is deafening. 
It's deafening. And that is just the artillery. We could just say, the demi- I look at it like the demonic noise that, that that's in the natural. What's going on in my soul against stuff that happens? And so I got to know and I got to quiet myself and I got to come back and I got to realign myself. No, this is what you said. This is what the, you're going to give me perfect peace if my mind is stayed in you because I trust in you. And so I'm, I'm going to come back to my, my true north right here. Uh, 1 Peter 5 8, check it out. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, here it is again, your adversary, personally, your adversary, the devil walks about seeking whom he may devour. Then it goes on to tell us in the next verse, resist him steadfast in the faith. But, but this verse tells us several things. It tells us at least five things that I think are noteworthy that, that, that we need to understand about our accuser. He says, number one, your adversary is identified, the devil. He tells us that. Your adversary, the devil. He identifies your adversary. It's not the system. It's not the boss. It's not my ex. No, the the adversary is the devil. He says his territory, next, is identified. The devil's territory is identified. He's walking about the earth, it says. (laughs) This is written written 2,000 years ago. Uh, This is already after Jesus has died and rose from the dead. Peter says, the adversary that Jesus whipped in the garden, that Jesus whipped on the cross, that Jesus whipped in the tomb, he's walking about the earth. He's still trying to mess with people, and he tells us he's still here. Jesus defeated him, but he's still here. He will ultimately be defeated later on at the final conclusion of all things. So you're going to have to learn how to deal with him in using your authority and who you are in Christ. His goal, number three, is identified. He's seeking whom he may devour. Or he may swallow, that word means. Or it may consume. The the picture is that something comes over the top of you and just consumes you. Sounds like a cloud of depression. Just comes over you and you can't get out of it. This is the devil that must be resisted. This is his goal. Swallow you consume you, engulf you. His tactics identified, Peter says. He acts like a roaring lion. What's a roaring lion doing? Bringing fear, bringing intimidation. That's what he's trying to do. And lastly, he tells us your job is identified. Here's your job. Be vigilant. Be vigilant. Stay awake, different translations. Be on your guard. Keep alert, because he is trying to kill, steal, and to destroy you. That's what he's trying to do. So you have to beware, because there's this anonymous figure in the world today called Satan, the accuser, the devil, the serpent, who has cohorts. A third of the angels got kicked out of heaven. We don't know how many that was, but there's myriads of myriads and thousands times 10,000, the scripture says, of angels. And so they're here working together, trying to bring destruction to people of all races, of all ages, of all ethnicities, of all religious persuasion, because he hates you and he hates me. So the final couple minutes that we got together today, here's what I want to do. I want to just just asking, I'm asking, you know, what what do we do? I'm asking myself, you know, how do you know if the devil's at work against you? Uh, That's a question I kind of, you know, asking myself. How do you know if the devil's at work against you? So let's ask that question, and let's kind of give you three things to consider. 
So how do you know if the devil is at work against you? Number one, your love for God and others wanes. Just your love for God and others wanes. Matthew chapter 24 verse 12 says this, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Because lawlessness will abound. Because we're living in a lawless time, a, 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 a lawless society where anything goes, where moral rule and moral law and order isn't the way it used to be. Where I can do anything I want to do, I can think anything I want to think, I can believe anything I want to believe, and God, even like let's say in the Christian side, God will forgive me, uh, which He's a forgiving God, but there's, but can I say it this way? You might get forgiven, but there's hell to pay. Your love for God wanes. Lawlessness actually means this, iniquity, wickedness, how a person lives without law, without rule, or without divine order. In one translation, in one, one, one of my reference books, it said this, lawlessness means you don't know or you just don't care. I don't know, and so I'm lawless. I mean, you know, you may go to different countries, and how we do things here in America as an American citizen is, is part of its culture, you know, how we're raised, how we do, how we drive, you know, a lot of its culture. You go somewhere else, and they, they just don't think that way. They, they do what they do because their culture dictates how they do what they do, how they treat people, how they drive, how they handle money, how they communicate, all, all that. But, but when it comes to the Word of God, when you see that your love for God is, is waning, is diminishing, or your love for the people of God is waning, diminishing, and, and you, you just don't have that anymore, the devil is at work against you. Insidiously, sneakily, trying to put computer words, a worm... <laughs> That goes into your subconscious in your mind and you think, you don't need God. I don't need people. I, 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 don't, I, I can do this by myself now. And, and that was good. I just needed God when I was a kid. And now I'm not a kid anymore. Now I'm an adult. And I can handle everything now. And that was, you know, or I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll get my life back with God maybe when, when I'm old. But, but give, me these, give me these years now to do my own thing. Your love for God wanes. So, 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 so let me encourage you. If you find yourself slipping, if you find yourself sliding, and you know it, and I know it, myself, and you, if you're real with yourself, you would say, I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I used to be. And it could be self-inflicted wounds, but let me encourage you this morning, the devil has been using tactics to move you away from God. That's how he works. That's how he works. So my, my challenge to you would, say, would be to just bring divine order back into your spirit, your soul, and your body. Divine order. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge my body. I'm going to get up. I'm going to read the word. I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going I'm to make sure my mind is engaged and my spirit's engaged. And, and when there's something going on with, with ladies coming up, power up, come on, I'm going to be there. I'm going to get involved in a small group. I'm going to take next steps in my journey. I'm going to go to growth track. I'm going to get a dream team. I'm going to start serving because... If I don't, uh, maybe the devil's baiting me down, down a way of unproductivity and trying to get me off course. And he's a master at it. 
Years ago, there was a plane that left. I forgot what place it was, so forgive me. Uh, I was somewhere, I want to say, in the Pacific. And as they left uh, going over, uh, they, they were heading uh, over towards uh, the, the Russian area and uh, not going into Russia. But the navigation crew set the destination uh, as the flight plan. They were one degree off uh, at, at starting point. And as the, after they went thousands and thousands of miles, one degree is huge degrees off. And so they found themselves over Russian airspace. This is years and years ago. And the Russian fighters were sent up and they shot down the plane because they were in the wrong airspace based on a one degree mistake at the start. Don't tell me something small can't jack you up later. A wrong thought, a wrong belief, a wrong attitude, something that I don't get a hold of right now can grow. Second thing, how do I know the devil is at work against me or against you? You begin questioning God's supremacy. You begin questioning God's supremacy. The devil, while he was in the garden and met Adam and Eve, or he actually was speaking with Eve, he said, has God really said? Did God really say this? Did God really say this? That you, 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 you can't do this? You, you can't partake of that fruit? You can't touch that fruit? Did, did God really say that? Then we know that even in, even in the, the wilderness, when Jesus would be tempted by the devil, the, the devil comes to Jesus. The devil, the accuser, the opponent knows God, Jesus made me. But now he knows God, Jesus is in a body on the earth and he tempts him. And he says, if you are the son of God, if. The devil will come with the two-letter word constantly to try to bring confusion in your mind. If you're a Christian, why would you be doing this? If you're a Christian, if you believe in God, why is God allowing this to happen in your life? Questioning God's supremacy. Colossians 2.9 For in Him, in Him means in Christ, in Him dwells all the fullness of God bodily. When you look at Jesus, when you look at God, when you hear Jesus, you hear God. You hear them. He is God. He is God. Colossians 1.16 it says, For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Visible and invisible. Thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. This is meaning Jesus. He's supreme. He always was. He always shall be. Colossians 1, 17 and 18. He existed before anything else. He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church which is His body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So He is the first in everything. Anything that tries to remove or usurp Jesus' authority is demonic. He's supreme. He's highest rank, which means the highest rank, the highest degree, the highest quality. In essence, it means there is none better, there is none higher, there is none greater. Jesus is the ultimate power and glory of importance before the Father.
You question God's supremacy. Well, you know, that's just, he, 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 he's just a man. He, he's just a prophet. No, no, no. He is the Lord God Almighty. And so many times, when you don't know what to do, would you go back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and read the red letters? Read what God in a body said. When you go, I wonder if I could ever be forgiven. Would you do yourself a favor and read John 8 when there was a woman caught in adultery and Jesus says, I don't, I, I don't condemn you. Where are your accusers? I don't. Look, notice that. Where are your accusers? Where are those who accused you just like the devil accuses everybody? I don't accuse you. Just go and sin no more. Come on. How do you know if the devil's at work against you? Lastly, you just have no desire for the word. No desire for the word. Just no desire for the word. Used to read the word, used to get something out of it. Just no desire for the word anymore. Jeremiah says this, your words were found, Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found. In other words, we could say it this way. I found your words and I ate them. Come on, somebody, I ate them. Your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Your words were found. I got to find, sometimes I just got to dig. Come on, sometimes I open up the Bible, sometimes I open up my Bible app, and it's like, whoo, Jesus talking to me. Other times I got to dig. I got to get in there. I got to dig. Say, God, what are you saying here? Come on, I got to get a word. Give me a word. I need a word. I need you to talk to me. I, I, need, I need change in my life. Your words were found, and I didn't eat. They, they, they bring joy, rejoicing to my heart. Maybe, maybe you're a little bit going through some confusion. You don't have any joy, don't have any rejoicing. Because you quit eating the Word of God. You ate social media all day. You ate work all day. You need some spiritual food. It's interesting. As people age, they say their diet changes. A couple different reasons. Not, much as, you know, not, not as much activity, not, not as much movement. And, and so what we do know from the aging is that a lot of times you have to, you have to help and, and remind the elderly to eat. Can I tell you something? Just knowing what food tastes like won't feed your body. It won't feed your body. You got to do it. I remember. I remember when I used to. I rem then do it. Then do it. Do it. I remember youth camp. And ah, and ah, and ah, ah, ah. Then do it. I remember in church, but, but, but now, you see? Now, now, you got to bust through all your hurt. And you got to bust through all that stuff. And if you never had it, you need to get it. You need to get joy and rejoicing in your heart. Thanks for that weak amen, everybody, but that's all right. Spiritually, your hunger is an indication of your heart. Your hunger is an indication of your heart. How hungry are you? How hungry are you? Man, people stand in line. Come on, in and out. Come on, somebody. People stand in line for tacos. People stand in line. Put the reservation in. 45-minute wait? Okay, no problem. No problem. No, 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 no problem. Cheesecake factory, no problem. 
Would you, would you do that with the Word of God? Are you hungry? Man, I see, I, I'm just telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm not old, but I, I'm an old soul. Let me just tell you why. Because when I, when I got turned around when I was 20 years old, I, I just got hungry for Jesus. I'd go to Bible school. When we were in Oklahoma with the Bible school, and, and th- this is back in the day, uh, man, they, they, they closed the doors. You just didn't come rolling up, whatever. They, they opened the door a certain time. If you wanted to get a seat, you stood in line. You stood in line. And listen, Oklahoma, February 1982, stand in line. Freezing, 1982. Freezing. Oklahoma freezing, 30 degrees outside. Listen, back in the day when you got your your cool shoes, your suit, tie, wool jacket, brother, brother was freezing. Hundreds, listen, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people lined up just to get in the room to hear the word of God. Hungry. I still want to be hungry. still want to be passionate because there's an accuser. There's a devil who's trying to track me down. I got to be careful that I don't wind up turning into a Martha and I'm laboring. Martha labored and Mary, her sister, loved. Mary sat at Jesus' feet, and Martha was just distracted and anxious. And my phone's going off, and the calls and the emails, and and, and the family, and I gotta get this done. And, and if I don't have God, the devil will move against me and move me away, that I'll do something so out of character, First Chronicles 21, that affects me, affects my family, affects my church, affects you, your family, your business, your health, because he's constantly coming. He's the accuser. You got to know his devices. You got to know his tactics. This anonymous one, we pulled the cover back, we pulled the screen back. He's coming every single day to try to mess with you. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Lean in. Get around God, people. Leave all your crazy friends. Come on. Text them. Don't hang out with them. Text them. Say, come to church with me. Believe all the crazy so you can hear God clear. And begin pursuing God and stirring passion in your heart for the things of God. And, and make yourself eat. Make yourself eat. I've lost my appetite. Make yourself eat. Haven't lost my appetite for social media. Haven't lost my appetite for fun and friends. Haven't lo- lost my appetite for making money. Got to make money, you know. Stir yourself up in your appetite for the Word of God, and the people of God, and the things of God. And you'll see more of God work in your life than never before. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on, can you say a better amen than that? Yeah, come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Would you do that? Come on, just give everyone the right to privacy in the room. Father God, today we just thank you that the tactics of the enemy and his strategies have been unveiled and unleashed for us right now. We know it. We know who he is. We know what he's going to try to do. So we will not be ignorant, Lord God, 
We will not pull back. We will not move back. We will press in. Father God, I pray for every single person in the room today, regardless of where they're at and the attack that's gone on against their life right now. Greater is he that's in them than he that's in the world. Father, you told us, you're of God, little children, and have overcome him. So Father God, today I thank you that we're people of God, people of God, people who love you, Father, and love Jesus Christ. Today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, come on, no one looking around, give everyone the right to privacy. If I ask you a question today, what would happen today if this is your last day? Do you know where you would spend eternity? Do you know where you'd go when you breathe your last breath? Do you know for sure that you would spend eternity with the Father God, or do you question that? I believe with all my heart from what the Scripture says is that you can have an 